You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode of Press This, we're going to be talking about translating your WordPress products, and to do that, we've got someone very special onto the show to talk about that. Uh, in one of his many roles, he is also an open source translation expert. I'd like to welcome to the show, Remkes de Frias. Remkes, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you. How, how was the pronunciation there, Remkes? Was that on? Was that? I know That's I practiced this a little bit ahead of time. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, good deal, good deal. And um, for everyone listening, just to give you a little uh, background here, so Remkes um, is uh, of Yoast SEO, uh, but he also contributes in many ways to open source projects, including um, the Genesis Framework Translation Project, how I got to know Remkes. Remkes is going to be sharing his tips today for managing those projects, um, and in particular around this notion of WordPress products. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Remkes, to kick us off, maybe you could give us a little uh, short version of your WordPress origin story. What was the first time you got exposed to WordPress? Um, that's more than a decade ago. Um, so I think it was uh, about the end of 2005. I needed, um, so I was, I was building uh, websites with uh, Mambo and, or even Joomla at the time, I think already. Um, but it, it, it was not a, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy building it with that particular CMS. So I started looking around and I saw WordPress had added, I knew of WordPress, I just saw it as a blogging thing, but I, I, I saw that they added pages to it. And I went, wait, we have static content now? That's, that's kind of that's neat, let's, let's try and play with that. And you know, um, at the time, uh, I, I just needed a website for myself, but um, as, as, as these things go, 
I built it. And then a friend of mine asked, that, that's pretty cool. Can you build me one as well? And uh, yeah, that pretty much escalated from there on. That's a, that's a very common story for a lot of folks. Yeah. Figured yeah. out how to build with this tool when people were like, oh, build me one of those. So that's, yeah. uh, that's funny to yeah. hear you also have that. Sorry, go ahead. And, and uh, at the end of 2006, I started becoming more involved with the Dutch corpus community. At the time, not very well organized yet. And I spent, I would say I spent about a year, year and a half to sort of, uh, I'm going to say this in a very negative way, but take over, uh, grab power. Uh, but the goal was to make sure that we had a translation that was actually in sync with the releases, um, that we had a forum where people could ask that was not overrun by spam, and basically, you know, proper release management and everything like that, which was at the time, was just not happening. So that's when I started learning more about translations and what the, uh, the huge benefits of what does it mean for people, um, you know, using software in their own language, when, when, when that actually works, what the effect of that is. Yeah, I know that's a challenge, and I think, you know, here today, hopefully, answer some questions for people that might have a product, WordPress product, plugin in particular, or theme, and um, what they're going to do to, you know, translate it and get it, you know, used by more people and be helpful to more people. So I'm excited about that. Real quickly, though, um, I wanted you to just give us a quick rundown of just generally, like, what do you do for Yoast? I mean, we had Yoast himself on a couple of weeks ago talking about schema, but like, what's your day job at Yoast like? So I work as a manager of partnerships at Yoast, and um, I, I basically am the liaison between the WordPress community and the, the, the partners that we have in there, uh, as well as outside, because we're also looking at, at partnerships from, uh, you know, partners from uh, Typo 3, uh, Type 3, um, Type 3, what is it? I'm that's up. cool. Yeah, I've gotten uh, to know a little bit about that relative to the work you all do outside of WordPress. I think it's very interesting and um, certainly supportive of communities just beyond this one. Yeah. So focusing more, though, on the translation, you know, the topic of the show, um, you kind of got into this a minute ago, but like, why is translating WordPress products important to you? So um, I live in the part of the Netherlands where we have our own language outside of Dutch. So I'm, I'm, I'm born as a bilingual person. Um, so I, I know the difference between hearing something in your own language and seeing something in your own language and not. So I always knew that that had an impact. And um, one, once I realized that there was a, a fun and easy way to start helping with localization of WordPress and plugins and themes and the impact of what that had on uh, you know, end users who, whose first language certainly is not English, maybe not even their second language. Um, that, that's just a great way of contributing and helping, you know, in, in my small version of making the world a better place. Yeah, I think that's an interesting outcome. You know, I know a lot of people will explore this journey for growth, right? Like one of the bit fastest ways to grow is to open up a new market you didn't have access to, do, to before. Um, but to your point, that software, especially open source software, um, can help people beyond your commercial interests. And that also is a good reason to localize your software. And I know a lot of people in the WordPress community participate in translation days and the translation project in general, yeah. um, just really to help other people out, not necessarily even to grow, um, which I think is a good reason a lot of people don't think about. Um, yeah, so the, so the growth is a secondary thing. Um, it's really about making somebody comfortable using your software. 
and in this when I say your, I mean in this case WordPress because you know it's it's owned by us all. Um, but seeing that effect from you know from really young people to uh, you know even seniors and everything, that that's a big impact. I mean, totally makes sense. So thinking about this in tactical terms, um, I've personally never led a translation project for WordPress product. I know you and I have interacted on things like translate.studiopress.com. That was one of the first times I was personally exposed to that. Yep. Um, and um, I know a lot of people in the community, even those that have products in WordPress have probably not gone through that yet, um, but they may have experienced um, localizing or translating websites. So how do you think about the difference between translating a plugin and translating a website? So translating a website is uh, a part of that is translating the plugins and the themes that you, well, the theme that you're actually using. So uh, in, in my view, uh, translating a website is a larger project, has much more to do with um, uh, translating the content. And I don't even mean necessarily uh, a straight up one-for-one -one translation. Um, I also mean that in some locales, which are connected to countries sometimes, uh, there's a different view of how to say a particular thing. So it also means that you need to look at what that local community actually wants to see as, you know, how do we communicate? What, what things work and what things don't work? Um, so it starts there that you actually have an idea of who you're communicating to and, uh, you know, ultimately you want all, all front end facing stuff at the, at the very minimal. You want to see that in the language that you are focusing on. So um, they quickly you... get... oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say they, they quickly become a relatively complex project because, you know, depending on how many locales you want to support it uh, there's there's a lot of variances between how do you communicate to somebody speaking French from France and French from um, you know the areas of Quebec right so there's key differences there and even countries like China for example that might have multiple language you might want to target yeah. Um, yeah. It's, these, these are important parts but relative to the difference between a product localization or translation project and a website translation project, one of the key differences though is just frankly, there's a lot less content to translate. So in that way you feel it's easier than say a full blown website with a blog and all kinds of support documentation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, in that way it's harder to do a website than say a product. Correct, correct. So uh, a product is usually, um, you know, there's plenty of products that have a, a lot of strings and you know, uh, what is a lot of strings? I think anything about a thousand is which I would consider a lot. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe 50, 60 strings actually uh, face the front end. So it's, it's relatively, relatively doable. Um, I'm sure for some people, um, some brands or some projects, they may have actually, actually already translated their website, but not their product. Yeah. Um, I've seen that quite a bit as well. Um, which I think is really interesting because when you think about, well, now I need to go to the product side, in some ways that's not as daunting. And in many cases, it sounds like it's not as daunting as the website itself, which I know a lot of people will start there, um, which I think is really interesting. I want to kind of dig a little further into this, um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this Nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on purpose. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Let's press forward with more Press This only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. We're in the middle of our episode talking about translating WordPress products, um, how to manage that in an open source software project, interviewing Remkus of Yoast SEO. Remkus, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about the difference between translating a WordPress product and a website, kind of noting that, hey, look, it's not as um, much content as a website. So in that way, it could be easier I want to kind of get a little bit more specific though. Um, what would like the typical tech you would use or systems you would use um, for a WordPress product translation? Is that different than say a website translation? Yeah, that's, that's quite different. Um, so a website is mostly content and, and the strategy that goes behind the content. So what do you want to convey? Uh, you know, your, your localized marketing needs to be uh, on point. Over, uh, but when it, when you're looking at the product itself, like a, like for instance, let's take Genesis. Um, Genesis is, is a theme <clears throat> that uh, has a lot of front-facing uh, text, and having that being, you know, uh, for there to be those text strings available, you need to have your um, your code optimized and um, localized. 
meaning it's, it, it should be possible to actually generate a pot file, which is uh, the file which contains all the text strings. And from there, you need a place where you can actually translate that. Now, my, my go-to solution for this is the GlotPress plugin, which is a plugin that works inside of WordPress. And it allows you to have an interface for uh, proper translation management. So the notion here is essentially you're, lever you're creating the text file and then translators are going to go um, change the English or whatever your core language is into these other languages. And yeah, can you just, spell the name of that plugin just for those that may not have heard it clearly? Yeah, uh, G-L-O-T-P-R-E-S-S. Okay. Glotpress roughly does, I'll just summarize it again, just so everybody can kind of get a grasp of it. Yeah, so it, it allows you to have an interface where you have the original text strings and an input field for the translation of that particular text string. And it allows multiple people to submit to this and to contribute on this, and ultimately to export a uh, PO file, which is what you need to have uh, any text string translated within WordPress. Okay, and so when I've um, translated my strings or have gone through that motion, um, how do I get those, how would people generally get those translations into their product? Just update the text string file with some sort of metadata that identifies what language it is? Yeah, so there's, um, there's an export functionality within Glotpress, so it allows you to manually download uh, all the languages available, uh, but there's also a, uh, um, command tool interface for um, Grunt, I think it's, it's built for, which allows, which allows you to do that uh, inside a uh, command line as you're building the, the software for a release, for instance. So it automatically downloads all the available translations inside your plugin or theme, and you, know, you, can, you can have a, it build a zip file and, and ship it with uh, all the translations included. Okay, so that makes sense. Automatically. It does what automatically? There's, there's lots of ways of making this an automatic process. It doesn't have to be everything manual. It is manual, but again, there's, you know, as soon as there's, there's cumbersome tasks, you'll find a developer finding a better and smoother way. And those are available here as well. <laughs> They're always trying to find that, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yep. So speaking of that, and I want to kind of get to the translation and piece itself in a second, but, but pushing that aside um, right now, um, generally speaking, like what kind of processes do teams need to have in place? I mean, is this a, outside of the translations themselves, is this a huge operational drag for people to kind of incorporate translations and translation strings into their WordPress product workflows? Um, shouldn't be. So what they need to get the, themselves familiar with is what actually, what, what, what does localization mean? And when it comes to PHP, um, every text string that you have should be wrapped in a translatable uh, a string very, and that will actually allow you to generate a, a POT file, a pot file. And that's not that hard. That's you know getting your head around what type of translation do I allow here for? Is this a multiple, uh, you know, uh, could this be single and plural? translation depending on certain languages um, you know it's not always a straightforward what, what we call single in English is not always single in, in, in another language so kind of you know if you, if you take a few hours and, and you google localization WordPress you'll find a lot of information just how to get your software 
localized. Now, when, once you have it localized, um, again, with the uh, command line foo that you can use, there's, a lots of, there's lots of ways of making this a very smooth and automatic process as you're building the software anyway. Uh, so, so it shouldn't be a big operational drag whatsoever. So you have to essentially tag your content ahead of time or your text strings ahead of time such that they can respond to the new translation streams. Yes, yeah, um, so you're, you're, build, you're building the software with, you know, you, you keep in mind that whatever text you're adding to it needs to be translatable. And as you're writing your, your, your code, you have those things uh, properly translatable. Right. So if I'm doing this from scratch, roughly, that's how I would do that. And if I was adding to an existing product, I'd have to go in and add this. Um, once that's done, though, it sounds like other than managing the translation piece that from the development workflow, it's pretty light in terms of process. Yeah. Um, I know that during translation, of course, you're going to be having some level of QA on what's being translated, making sure it's accurate and things like that. Correct. I feel like it further burdens the QA process of the software itself because I know like differences between languages can mean drastically different character counts that might have other impacts to the UI. Like yeah. there's still some drag right to the workflow. Like you're having to check more things, even if you're not necessarily going to check the language itself as a developer. Yeah. So one of the weird things about Dutch is that we need about 50% uh, more uh, characters to say the same thing. Um, so one, one of the fifty percent cooler, Remkus. Oh well, thank you, sir. <laughs> I need the extra space there. <laughs> yeah, we're not as bad as the Germans, but we're close, I guess. Um, but the 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 funny thing is that you know a small button that says just uh, click here may, in some languages, be almost two lines uh, because the context in some languages matters much more. So yeah, that's that's a little bit of a burden. Um, that is. And, and it boils down to having validators, and Glockpress is, is again a tool that, that, that supports that, to have validators per language, um, making sure that whatever goes in is being validated by them, which means they actually make an export, they double check it in the, uh, you know, what, this, what would this look like? How does this work? Um, and you need a little bit of a QA, a QA on that. Um, but yeah, that, that, that comes with the territory. There's no way around that. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and I think, you know, obviously if you're going to start on this journey or you're, you're open-minded to the fact that obviously it's going to add some additional work um, from a, say, project success or even business perspective, obviously sometimes that work is totally worth it to be in better service of those you built the software for or if it's related to some commercial enterprise to make more money. Yeah, um, so, you know, if... If you're just supporting English, you're not even uh, hitting 50% of the uh, of your target there, so, uh, your target audience. So there's a lot of opportunity of having, uh, it, it, you know, look at the 10 biggest languages, um, just add those, and you'll see that there's a huge market that is opening up for you as well. Yeah, exactly. It's a great way to grow without having to invent new IP. You just talk to more people, and yeah. that's a fun way to get access to those new markets, which I think is um, an exciting way to grow. Um, so, you know, obviously we mentioned before that you um, participate in, you know, translate.studiopress.com, which, and of course WordPress itself leverages in the sense of open source translation contributors. Yeah. Um, if people want to pursue that, like how should they think about that? Like what strangers do they want to let translate their, their text strings for their software? Um, 
I think in, in general, it's if you can find people that use your software, those are the best ones to have. And, and, you, and that, that's about the only requirement you need. Now, as, as, you, as you grow along on, on making the translations hit 100%, for instance, um, you'll see that some translators have a more loose interpretation of translation than others. Let's just, uh, let's just, let's just say it like that. Um, and you'll, you'll, you'll get feedback like, hey, I understand that this is supposed to be Portuguese and, and I get it, but that's not how we actually say this in Portugal. And you'll get you know, people commenting on the quality of your translation. Um, that's a good way of, of you know, accepting that you'll go for the best option that you can find. Uh, but as soon as you start offering a translated version of your software, you'll have people commenting on that and wanting to make it better and improving it. Yeah, and I think, like, in again, I mentioned prior that I don't really have any experience translating a, a WordPress product, but obviously tons in the, in the website side. And I think for me, one of the key conditions was always that those translating were native speakers, that they hadn't learned um, the language later. And mm -hmm. then also, um, when I'm checking translations, and I know that might be hard in an open source project with lots of languages, but those checking it should also be native speakers. And it sounds like sometimes you can pull that off, sometimes you can't. And when you can't, your users will come back and definitely tell you whether those. I will let you know. No, no worry. Don't worry about that. That will let you know. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so if I suppose if you're trying to be perfect, of course, you would have those native speakers review the translations and then push them live. Um, but obviously, in a kind of a fast and quick project where you might have the resources to do that, um, you'll hear back from those users. So that's a, a really good um, observation on your part, Remkes. I want to dive a little deeper in the, here, um, but we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. All right, guys, I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay, let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, uh, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And winners go to, well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to webaward.org and sign up today. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Well, everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. We're talking about translating your WordPress products. I have Remkis from Yoast SEO on the line. Remkis, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about managing um, translators uh, and ter- ter- the contributors to open source projects in terms of translation. Uh-huh. Um, and I just am curious, like, what are some other things you like to think about um, maybe that's that's a good example of the way core or other projects approach this. What are some of like the best practices as you think some of those um, projects, you know, like contributor days and things like that. How do you think about that? So um, one of the one of the cool things about how the WordPress project does this uh, is, is we have a, a contributing group called Polyglots, um, uh, and um, that's a fixed team and pretty much any contributor day happening at a WordCamp. And what you'll see is that we'll mostly onboard a lot of people and, and or help them find their ways of, so how do I translate these types of uh, text strings? Sometimes it's really technical and not every single language will want to have a really technical explanation, but more like, uh, you know, make it sound in like, like you would say it in their language, for instance. Um, sometimes it's more, uh, you know, just onboarding them and understanding the, the concept, what does it mean? Like the, the, the topics that we're discussing now, how do I get the software translatable? How do I fix that? How do I find the people that want to translate it? Um, you know, that's, that's WordPress core. Uh, if you look at other plugins and, and themes, for instance, one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the greatest ways of getting people involved with your software is offering them a free license if they want to help contribute to your premium project, for instance. Uh, that's a good point. Don't make them, uh, if for some reason you had some pay flow, don't make them jump through those hoops just to contribute. Exactly, so at Yoast SEO, I also managed all the translations there. And we basically say, look, if you've contributed significantly to the translation of a particular locale, we're more than happy to, to, to grant you a, a license with, for that software so you can actually use it and see it. And it, it also makes them wanna keep it updated because you know they're actually using it. Yeah, if it's uh, part of their business, they have an incentive, and especially if they're serving customers, if they were an agency, for example, in, in that language, and the tool didn't have all the strings translated, then that would actually make their job more challenging. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So without picking on any projects, don't mention anybody by name, um, but what mistakes have you seen people make with this approach to translating WordPress projects in an open source sense? Um, what mistakes? I think... I think for the most part, uh, where I see what, 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 what I find cringeworthy is when they actually use uh, professional services as, as, you know, and now we're good, now we're done. Um, those professional services may understand the technicality of translating, but they don't necessarily understand the software. So you'll have translations in there, you go like, but 
that's not how we translate the rest of this in, 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 in our particular language for, over the other products within WordPress. So, so you have a bit of a mismatch there. Uh, for instance, in, in, in Dutch, we have a, a formal way and an informal way, and we chose for the default version. We chose that to be the informal way. So then you all of a sudden, sudden you switch from formal to informal. So those are things that are... Uh, uh, those are nuances, right? I mean, like, I, I mean, I've gone through this before with website translation projects where, like, I've hired native language speakers in whatever language or translation company. They then translate the material, but there'll be like words in there, technical words or product words. And it's like, do I use the Dutch translation? Do I just go ahead and use the English word? Because that's exactly. Like, so in, in Dutch, we're relative, relatively comfortable uh, by using an English explanation if we don't have a particular version for that in Dutch. Um, I mean, heck, we use the word computer um, instead of a translated word for it. But that, that you know, you need to um, you need to have if if you're if you're hiring people, you need to have a party that really understands this part and not just translates and just calls it a day. Um, yeah, the open source. I, I, I see that happening a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say the open source contributor model, or just frankly having people that use your tech participate in the translations. Um, that's a that's a very on point tip for making sure you don't uh, go translate uh, WordPress, I suppose itself, into Dutch or German or some other language that's not your native language. Um, that's a very 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 good point, um, Remkes. This is super helpful. I wish we had more time to dive into this, um, but I think for anyone thinking about translating their WordPress product, I think. Uh, I think you shared some good insights here. I know I certainly learned a good amount, but I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. You're more than welcome. Happy to be here. Awesome. And if you'd like to learn more about Remkus is up to, um, you can check them out at WordCamp Europe, but also um, you can read up. I know Remkus, you do a lot of posting on the Yoast uh, blog, found at Yoast.com. Yep. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone else for listening today. This has been the Word uh, Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.